Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you, along with Brandon Escott. It is currently 1235 in Edmonton. Guests and orders now receive certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. The 99th Roos Chris opening up right here in uh, Edmonton on 19990 Jasper uh, Avenue. Tell Daphne. Taylor and Chris that Oilers now sent you. Quickly sliding into the Oilers now injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's this simple. They're the best. That's all there is to it, man. Uh, We will tell you that uh, being moved out of COVID protocol and on the ice today, was Miko Koskinen, who went 4-0-1 with a 9.20 save percentage heading into the All-Star break. So Smith and Koskinen healthy. That man Stuart Skinner got sent to the minors yesterday. Actually got the start last night. Uh, Bakersfield gave up four goals uh, on the power play to uh, Vancouver's team, Utica. They got all their players back. They got a bunch of uh, veteran explosive offensive guys and uh, took care of business against Utica when they were a little bit uh, undermanned earlier in the year, but Skinner down there. Uh, Duncan Keith, at least I'd still think uh, a couple weeks away probably. He's in concussion protocol. Chris Russell not on the ice today. Zach Cassian out multiple weeks with a fractured job. Cal Turris is skating. Manson, Max Jones, and Maxine Comtois out for the Anaheim Ducks. Without further ado, we welcome back to the show for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. We welcome back Louis DeBrusque. Louis, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Bob? Good. Uh, hey, uh, got to talk about it. Old school, uh, big time scrap. Got a little bit of feedback there, but uh, just a, a thought of the tilt between Milan Lucic and Nicholas Delorier last night. Uh-huh. That was a good tilt. 
You know what? Uh, listen, Milan Lucic has been doing it for a long time, and I don't think he's really lost a whole lot in that that category in that department. I think he's still as tough as he was when he was younger, and I think he's still game as ever to drop the gloves and, and back that up. But Delorier is a guy for me that you know I think has just really developed into the modern definition of that role. You know, he's a guy that can, you know, play a shift. He's great at He's a physical player. It was a hit on Lucic to start the fight. And then when the fight comes, he's more than willing to drop the gloves and get after it. So um, I'm always game to see one of those ones. I, I think especially out of that kind of a situation where it's two big guys that collide, they've had a history, they, you know, look at each other, the gloves come off spontaneously and you go at it. I mean, that's kind of what it's all about. And then the dust settles and you go back to playing hockey. It was just a... A little dust up and two big guys throwing some big bombs, though. It was a good one. All right. Uh, we got a game tonight, the Oilers and the Anaheim Ducks, Louie, and it's interesting because, you know what, Edmonton's 3-0 and under, three and under Jay Woodcroft, and I'd like to get uh, your thoughts on, on how they've gotten there and whether or not you've noticed any changes in terms of what Edmonton's been doing. Yeah, you know, well, I think, you know, initially there's no question, and I think it always happens when there's a coaching change, whether it's a positive or negative for some players, it's, and I think you could tell from the reaction of some of the players when they came out and did their press conference the next day. You never want to diminish or, you know, put down the opportunity for Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. It's always exciting for new people to come in and have their first time as number one as a head coach for Jay Woodcroft and as an assistant coach in the NHL for Dave Manson. I mean, obviously Manson has been around a long time in the NHL, and so has Woodcroft in different capacities, but they've worked hard to get that opportunity. So right out of the gates, you're happy for them and it's a fresh start. And I think for some players, that's a big, okay, let's get going here. They're maybe not seeing eye to eye with the the current coaches or with what's going on or, you know, just a different look and a different view on things can sometimes be enlightening. And I, and I do believe you've seen a response from that. I also think on the flip side, there's going to be players that were disappointed, you know, disappointed that they'd failed in their perspective from a coach that came in and has a great, reputation and they just couldn't get the job done and that's almost a failure type of a feeling and I I think you could see that on some of the players no question about especially the core I mean the core of this team you know have been through coaching changes and it's it's never easy but in saying all that what I do think I've seen is there's definitely been more energy there's been positive energy injected into the team Uh, there's been a little bit of a different outlook on how they want to play Um, even though it's probably the same things that Dave Tippett was trying to preach to the team I think every coach comes in with the same mentality and of how they want to play it's how that message is getting across and you know what, I have to admit, they've, they've had more energy, they've played more as a team. I think that, you know, Connor McDavid said it best this morning, they're just more connected. Uh, and, and you can tell. Uh, up and down the ice, five on five, I just think they're more of a cohesive group, and they're playing for one another, and they're they're moving their feet and not, not second-guessing as much on the ice is what I would like to say. So because of that freedom, because of that skill set, um, they've become a much harder team to play against right from the end zone all the way back into their defensive zone. They've gotten great goaltending, though, Bob. I, think, I don't think you can question that. Nope. Stuart Skinner was nope. a nice win in San Jose. Mike Smith, since he's come back, he's found his game again, which is which is a real bonus and a need for this team. But, listen, like I said, that juice that gets injected when you have a coaching change, two different people on the bench, a different message, a different way, Whatever you want to call it, there's no question there's been some life injected into the lineup, and it was needed. You know what? I I think the last two games uh, before the coaching change might have been 
the most lackluster games I saw all year as far as the energy and emotion shown in the game from the players. And call it what it was, I don't actually know, but there's been a noticeable difference. 11-7. and seven. Your thoughts on uh, that deployment and whether or not it makes more sense because Edmonton maybe doesn't have a guy like Nicholas Delorier. Well, but you bring up a great point. There isn't that definitive, um, you know, identity. Or, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You don't have the hammer. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing, you know. You know, that's we talk about Marcus Nimalainen all the time, right? And he brings a dimension. You know, a dimension is the word I was looking for that nobody else really brings to the table in that regard. He's a very physical guy that closes quickly, always willing to step up, long reach, hard defender, real hard defender. And, you know, on that fourth line, you look at the players that, that they can put in that in that position. I would say, you know, Brendan Perlini, you know, for me, would have a dimension as a goal scorer. He's a shooter. I mean, the last five or six games he's played, I believe he's got four goals. So that's a that's a tough sell when a guy's got five points in six games as a fourth liner. Yes, he's been up and down the lineup, but that's the dimension he does bring. He's a shooter, right? So obviously they feel they have enough in the top nine, and they have guys put into certain roles in Shore and McLeod who look to play tonight, that they can, they can fill those gaps, and they don't need that dimension in the game tonight. So in a long-winded answer, I think, as Jay Woodcroft has said, it's going to be game by game, but they're very comfortable with that format. They're comfortable with that format from the American Hockey League, him and Dave Manson. I think Dave Manson has done an excellent job at dispersing the ice time among seven defensemen, getting guys out there in situations and maybe some unique situations that we haven't seen you know, from this year at different times. I mean, Tyson Berry at the end of the game, killing off the last minute trying to protect the lead, I think was a real confidence booster for him, and he needs to get back up and running and back full confidence. I think that's an area they certainly, when he starts to play that way, it's only going to make them a better team. Um, you know, and, and seeing other guys get different penalty killing situations, it allows him to put a different forward with those two down in the fourth line from different situations. You can load up and put a centerman, one of the three that he's using, which is always a bonus, but he can also throw Zach Hyman down there and for, for a grinding hard shift that he can make sure he's looking after those two guys there, and also a guy like Yamamoto, who we've seen slip in there, he Vander Kane. I like it. I, I like I like the, the variables that it opens up from a coaching ability to know who's playing, who's not playing, put a guy in a situation, give him a little bit more minutes. You can cut back different guys' minutes at times. Uh, it does give you more flexibility. And from the young defenseman's perspective, I think it's the perfect amount of ice right now for especially the trio. I think Lagason is kind of above that because he's been around for a little bit longer and he's been in the lineup and he, he understands what his role is a little bit more. And I actually think he's played pretty well lately. I I look at his game and I say, you know what? He's not a super flashy player, but for the abilities that he has, you know, he's been stepping in there and, and, and providing some sound defense. So I, I can't, you know, I look at that and I say, okay, this is a good situation for, you know, three younger defensemen to get in there and just kind of feel their way in. And if one of the guys is having a great night, he'll get more ice time. If he's having a tough night, you can limit that ice time. So it really gives them um, a real, you know, hand on the, the driving, the, the, the what do you want to call it, the, the, the steering wheel, so to speak, back there for Dave Manson to know who's going and who's not. Make sure that guy doesn't cut you off driving right now. Louis DeBrus joins us, Bob Stoffer with you at Oilers now. Louis, Evan Bouchard taken out of uh, the penalty-killing mix. His minutes have decreased a bit. 
How much do you think the fact that Dave Manson has experience with four of the defensemen, and, and those four defensemen, no one's played 70 NHL games yet. They're all basically rookie defensemen. But I just look at the deployment a little bit, and it, you know, it, it's clear that Woodcroft and Manson have a gut feel on uh, on what these guys can do, and, and it's almost like they're trying to rebuild Evan Bouchard a little bit. I find it interesting. What about you? Uh, you know what? Again, it goes back to what I was saying before. I like it. I like it because I consider Evan to be in that young group, along with Broberg, along with Nima Line. And then, yeah, you can say Legas and two is in that foursome that they're going to alternate around and put in different situations. Sometimes they'll play right. Sometimes they'll play left. You're trying a bunch of different situations with them. But I also think that because of that familiarity and that relationship that Dave Manson and Woodcroft have built with those young players down in the American Hockey League, we've seen it so many times before. And the, the, the one that always you know, stands out to me right away is John Cooper. John Cooper wins a title down in the minor leagues, comes up, brings a lot of those players with them. They have a familiarity. There's just a comfort there, and they go on to be the team they are now that have won back-to-back Stanley Cups. It's a little bit more of a longer ride than I think people thought it was going to take with Tampa with the team they had. But you know what? There's no question that having that relationship and understanding what the players are from both sides, Bob, not just from a coaching perspective, but also from a player's perspective. The player, you know, and I was saying this this morning, we talked to Dave Manson, you know, he's sitting on the bench, say a guy like Nima Linen, he's got Dave Manson tapping him on the shoulder. Well, that's just a familiar guy that he's talked to, he's had conversations with. There's a real trust factor there. And we've heard that word thrown around a lot, especially in the last little while. Trust, trust builds confidence. There's no question it does. When you, when you trust what someone is trying to tell you to do, you trust in the direction that a coach is trying to bring the team and it goes both ways there's a trust in what the coach believes in you and what the, the player believes in the coach it, just, it shows on the ice it truly does you know teams that play that way they play free um, they're not locked up and second guessing everything they're doing on the ice they're just going out there and playing the game that they know how to play and that's probably also a change that you've seen in this team from the last few games is they're playing a little freer they're, they're just going out there and playing hockey and it's been a reset and you know, it's, it's a real small sample size, but I think you have to like what you're seeing right now from Edmonton and the way they're playing because this is a team that needed to, needed to have that type of a change. They needed to have um, this type of a buy-in from everybody and everybody on the same page, and it looks like they have that right now to a certain degree. We're joined by Louis DeBras for GCL Diesel. Louis, your rookie season in the NHL, Dave Manson was with the Edmonton Oilers, and he was a big part of the, the team that year. He had 15 goals, 47 Seven points, 220 minutes. He was plus nine. The Oilers went to the third round of the playoffs that year in 91-92 before running into Chicago, who went on and lost the Stanley Cup final to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Chicago was a good team. Uh, you guys had the pipeline going that year of Dom Foose, Murphy, and Bernie Nichols. What was Dave Manson like as a teammate? having some chuckles because we finally got to sit down with him and have a little chat with him since he's taken over and as an assistant coach on the team and you know charlie was uh he was a beauty you know that's the only way i can really sum it up is he was a beauty and he was one of those guys that uh you know everybody respected everybody looked up to because number one if you didn't he was so tough he might throw you around just for fun but uh he was an excellent hockey player. I mean, he stuck around for a long time because of those skills, because of his desire. Um, you know, he had a real tough exterior. You know, you, you watch him on the ice, and I always say this, before he hurt his throat in that Sergio Mameso fight, we had a pretty rough night in, in Vancouver.
Vancouver one night. There was a lot of fights, and he got tangled up with Mameso, and Mameso caught him with a pretty good one in the throat. And that's why he talks the way he talks now. But before that, and that was a small sample size for me, he was one of the biggest talkers I've ever played with. He was yelling and screaming at everybody. You always knew when he was on the ice because he was chirping somebody, saying something to another person. like, And, you know, he just kept the bench alive in that regard. I think he still tries to, but he's just not as loud. Right. But, uh, but you know, don't let don't let that fool you. That soft spoken kind of demeanor, because you know there was there was a fire there and an intensity that when he brought it out, that's what made him the player he was. That every single team would like to have a player like Dave Manson back in the day. He had a bomb of a shot. He was a big physical player. Could pretty much fight anybody in the league and handle himself. Like he wasn't getting thrown around by anybody. You look at him now. He's still got the big forearms and the big hands. He he was he was a real handful, no question about it. But I think he's good for the young kids. You know, one of the things that he said this morning that struck you know stuck out to me was he treats every player as an individual. You know, listen, there's certain qualities you want to see on how you want to defend as a defenseman, but he understands that not everybody's built the same way. So he's going to approach every single player looking at them and what are their strengths and how, how can we bring those strengths, in, strengths into being a good defender. And I think from a player's perspective, that's that's all you really ask from your coach. Don't expect me to be Chris Pronger from 5'11 and, you know, 185 pounds. You know, I have to defend a different way. And that, that, that's kind of the message that I think he was trying to get across. So he has a rapport with these young guys. They obviously seem to really respect him a lot, and that's a real good thing carrying forward. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see him. He's worked hard for it. He's done it the right way, Bob. He went down. He coached in the WHL, you know, as an assistant coach for a long time, went to the American Hockey League, kind of honed his skills again, and now he's getting his opportunity. I'm really happy for him because he's a really good guy, and I'm, you know, uh, I was happy to call him a teammate and uh, a guy that I've known for a long time. Well, he was a a legit heavyweight. There's no question about that. I mean, the guy finished with 2,792 penalty minutes, 1,100 games in the NHL. Louis, the one I remember, there was one specific fight with Manson, and that was against Joel Otto, and he... Buck, like he dropped Joel Otto. And Joel Otto, for me, you know, he'd get in it with Messier. Messier caught him once pretty good, too. Uh, Messier did a bigger number on Jamie McCown one time. But I just remember uh, it was right at center ice, and Charlie switched from an overhand and went to an underhand, and Otto went down and was crumpled. Uh, and there were moments like that, weren't there? There was. The one I remember, the one that stands up for me, and this isn't when I was a teammate of his. This is before he came to Edmonton. He was with the Hawks, and he fought. Scott Stevens. Oh yeah, and it was a oh, yeah. it was a big St. Louis Chicago battle, which there were a ton of those back in the day, and. You know, they squared off and kind of, as it always was, a five-on-five or a scrum where everybody seemed to have their gloves off. And they got tangled up and they came together. And, you know, you know there's a whole lot that's going through your mind when, when, it's, when there's a, a scrum like that on the ice where the linesmen are distracted or somewhere else and you understand you're fighting the guy that's pretty tough and there's nobody there to break it up if you start to lose that fight. <laughs> I can tell you from experience, Bob, it changes the way you fight. Because now it turns into a street fight. And if you watch that, you watch that fight, it kind of was a street fight on ice. I mean, they were up. They were down. They were left. They were right. It was just... And Scott Stevens, I mean, he's a specimen even today. But... uh, you know, th- those two guys, two, like, you know, high-end defensemen going at it, two of the tougher guys in the game at that time, too. That was one of my favorite ones. I watched that. I go back and watch that one quite often because I just, the emotion in the fight. To me, it was just, 
they didn't like each other, and they want they just wanted to demo the other guy. It was it was, it was that type of a mentality, and uh, I'm sure they probably bump into each other today and laugh and shake hands. But on the ice, boy, did they not like each other. That was the St. Patty's oh, massacre, uh, March 17th, uh, the year that happened. He also remember the game against with with the Hawks. Lehman went after Savard, and he was he was. Uh, they they got him off the ice, and then Lehman went after Sabard, and he he came back on the ice, and man, it was literally like the good guy coming to the rescue in wrestling. Like it was one of those where he just pushed around and jumped back on top, and it was pretty awesome, man. Let me tell you. Yeah, I got to tell you, this kid plays a lot like him too. I, I've got a lot of time for Josh Manson the way he plays the game. I, I think he's chip off the old block in that regard, and um, I saw him have a couple of doozies back. You know. He fought Milan Lucic one time, and they had a really oh, good yeah. fight. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Like, you know, he's he's a big kid too, built just like his dad. You know, he's got those big hands and forearms, and you know the frame. And yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to see that. And uh, no, listen, I wish him all the best. I really do. I know it's always, and, and we've talked about this. It's it's tough. You know, we get we we build these relationships with coaches over sure. the years. And Dave sure. Tippa was excellent. You know, Jim Playfair, another guy that anytime you wanted his time, he would give you the time to have a chat, have a conversation, and you know. So when you see these guys go, it's, you know, it, it, it's really hard. It's hard on everybody. But at the same time, just like anything else, um, you got to keep moving forward. You have to keep moving forward. And, and it's next man up. Here we go. And two guys are getting opportunities that I think they've earned. And I, I'm excited to see what they continue to do. I really am because I, I think that there's been a real positive vibe injected. And obviously for Ken Holland, he felt it was a real tough decision for him as he spoke about for a long time, which he's never really had to do before. And you know what? He, uh, he really had to weigh this one and decide that this team needed a punch. And as the results have showed so far, it's worked out. And, and you, you wish that continued success. There we go. Great stuff. Uh, hey, Lou, thanks for your time, man. Take care, Bob. As Louie Dabrowski joins us every Thursday in Oilers Now, courtesy of GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. It is 12.55 in Edmonton. We'll come back in two minutes' time, and I'll bang off a couple texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. You're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Welcome back, everybody. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780 It's 1257 in Edmonton. And Colin has texted the show to say, Bob, when Keith and Russell return, Nimalina needs a spot. Bouchard's minutes should be further reduced if need be. What do you think? Uh, well, you're comparing left shot D to right shot D. My guess, and first of all, uh, I, I don't know when Russell or Keith are going to be back. And, and until they're back, I think you're going to see 11-7. and seven. Uh, But when Keith and Russell return, uh, my guess is Broberg goes down for sure because they're going to want Broberg to play more minutes. Uh, I think there's a chance Niemelainen stays, and I don't think it has any effect on Bouchard at all because Bouchard's over on the right side. CeCe has played a little bit more. Uh, Barry's going to play uh, as well, and I think they will graduate the minutes as time goes on for Evan Bouchard because it's something similar uh, to me, something similar to me that occurred with the very same Evan Bouchard they graduated his minutes in the minors as well. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back for Canadian Power Pack, we will hook up with Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network and ESPN. You're listening to Oilers Now, live at a game day from Rogers Place.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.